Genre. My wife and I have retreated to a small cabin in the solitude of these mountains. I believe I have made a significant find in the Kandarian runes, a volume of ancient Sumerian burial practices and funerary incantations. It is entitled Naturan de Manto, roughly translated Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. It deals with demons, demon resurrection and those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. It is through recitation of these passages that the demons are given license to possess the living. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. Today we are beginning our mini-series, or I'm sorry, today we are continuing our mini-series on the Evil Dead franchise with the legendary sequel and splatstick classic 1987's Evil Dead 2. And we have a guest joining us to talk about laughing furniture, demonic drag, and a chainsaw prosthetic as writer and horror fan Pat Triscoll. Welcome, Pat. Hello, everybody. Scott, Nick, good to see you. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you on the show. Happy to have you. Thank yeah, you. Happy, Thank you. Happy to finally get you on this show. Yes. Um, we we tried to get you for the Scream franchise. Yes. We tried to get you for that, and then you went and had a baby. I did. Um, right around <laughs> that time. just ruined our whole schedule. <laughs> yes. And it was my second baby, which I really should have just been able to go, you know, I, I kind of know how to do this movie. I should just record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, well, congratulations. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> we'll get you. We'll get you on to talk about Laurie Medcalf some other time. Yes, um, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys will cover Lady Bird. We'll talk about it, right? We'll <laughs> right. Yeah, the, fran- the Greta Gerwig the, the, the cinematic universe. <laughs> right. <Sure>. Easy. <laughs> we'll get there. Those movies are um, great. So, so Pat, uh, we'll start this episode as we as we start um, all episodes of our show with our guest. What is your background with the Evil Dead franchise? What was the first one that you saw? And how did your fandom of this come about? So, um, first one I saw was the original, Evil Dead. So mm. I'm born in 1980, which puts me right in sort of like the perfect time to be like a video store kid. So I was like a huge mm-hmm. video store kid from mm-hmm. like as far back as I can remember. And, you know, that was just standing in the racks, looking at these movies and looking at the the VHS art and everything and just like digging into these things. And especially when you have parents that aren't like really monitoring the movies you watch. And I really got super duper into horror at a pretty young age, like younger than I should. Like I saw Child's Play 2 in the movies and I think I was like nine or ten. So and I had already seen child like that's my formative memories seeing Child's Play <laughs> too, um, but uh, so Evil Dead was just another one of the movies on the racks that I picked up, and I um, I don't remember like I I don't think I was like as enamored with Evil Dead, and then I think it was a little while before I like thought about even watching Evil Dead too, and then I did and like I can remember I don't remember like understanding that it was funny. Because I don't mm-hmm. think I had like that nuance yet mm-hmm. to like know that scary movies could also be funny at that point because I was probably like right. eleven or twelve years old. But just the 
insanity of the whole thing and the just the loudness and the bloodiness and the goopiness. I was like, oh yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is for me. So yeah, and I've loved it ever since. I've seen it. You know, I literally just saw it at the Alamo draft house in March for the first time on the big screen. I checked to see uh-huh. what I saw. March. What a time. See that with an audience whenever you can. Mm-hmm. It's just a blast as always. But yeah. So like as far back as I can remember, just, and then of course, army darkness, which I remember renting. I didn't see it in the movies, but I do remember renting it like as soon as it came out mm-hmm. um, in the video stores. Mm-hmm. So I've been up and down with up and down the roads with Ash, man. He's, he's my guy. Love him to pieces. <laughs> Were you able to yeah. eat anything when you went to the draft house? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I don't get, a, I have, as we've we joked, I have kids. So it's, it's uh, a hard thing to get out to the theaters. Mm-hmm. So um, I managed to see uh, that day. I was like, I'm going for evil dead, uh, evil dead Two, And then I also made it a double feature and I saw X and I did eat. Mm. I did eat. I've seen the movie enough that I can, I can, I can. Yeah. Stock, so I That's can a great double feature. It was yeah. a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was like a Tuesday night too. And I got home at like 1230 in the morning. I was like, this is not great, but it ended up great. The <laughs> well, keep an fun. eye out. Keep an eye out for an army of darkness screening that you can double feature with Pearl. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, keep it going. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, Evil Dead 2, you know, you talk about the video store and, um, you know, I think it's maybe the most iconic thing about Evil Dead 2 is the cover Mm -hmm. to that VHS with the skeleton, with the eyeballs, the skull with the eyeballs looking back that has absolutely nothing to do with the movie inside of it. Um, it definitely gives a totally different vibe. Um, and I, I love that for this movie because... It begins our story of the making it with a man who is your friend, my friend, fa- f- friend of horror fans everywhere, um, an Italian man named Dino De Laurentiis. <laughs> um, D- Dino De Laurentiis is a legendary film producer um, who made movies like no one else in Hollywood, um, which was that he would make a poster with an image, a striking image and be like, we're going to make this movie and he's going to sell it to foreign investors who are going to distribute it in foreign countries so that the movie will break even before they even start shooting it. Mm -hmm. That was his whole scheme. Um, And so every movie that he made would break even before the first day of shooting. And with evil dead two, he actually um, on like the first week of shooting evil dead two, I think it was, one of the producers, yeah. um, I forget, I forget which one, came to set and was like, "Well, we're in profit <laughs> yep, because so Dino just sold the rights to Evil Dead Two to HBO, and now, like, <laughs> like we're already getting paid, we're already getting profit dividends, <laughs> and we're not even done shooting this thing yet." Um, he was, uh, he was kind of a madman, and and you know, notably uh, a madman, and the whole reason that he got involved with Evil Dead Two was because. Um, I think we brought this up, the fact that Stephen King sort of like talked up um, the first Evil Dead. I don't think like, we got to. That's Yeah. So yeah. so Stephen King saw an early screening of Evil Dead at um, when it aired at, at Cannes out of out of um, out of competition and was just like bowled over by it and loved it and then wrote up a piece about how much he loved Evil Dead and how everyone should see it. And they used his pull quote on all the posters when the movie finally came out in 1983 in theaters. Um and uh, uh, 
he so he is you know coked out of his brain directing a movie for <laughs> um for Dino De Laurentiis uh, a little movie called Maximum Overdrive he's having lunch with Dino De Laurentiis he hears that this Sam Raimi kid that made that Evil Dead movie is making a little movie called Crime Wave in the studio right next door and is like Sam Raimi he made Evil Dead Dino you should make Evil Dead too go talk to him Make Evil Dead 2. I want to see an Evil Dead 2. And Dino De Laurentiis is like, okay, I'm making the Evil Dead 2. You know, <laughs> you know, you know what's so great? <laughs> what's so great is Stephen King has no memory of that conversation. Yeah, no, absolutely. No. I don't think he has any memory of, of directing year, Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, yeah. It's just a gone. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, so, so luckily, Crime Wave, which was you know Sam Raimi's second film, it's an absolute disaster. He wrote it for Bruce Campbell. The studio refused to let them cast Bruce Campbell. Um, and, uh, and, and so he makes a movie with an actor he doesn't really believe in for and an actor who doesn't really understand what kind of movie he's in. Um, and just like it's a, a mix mash of like working with the Coens and, and tone and all of these things that just become this disaster. The movie gets taken away from them because they don't like the cut that he puts together. They recut the thing, dump it into theaters. It makes like $5 and Sam Raimi basically thinks his career is over until Dino De Laurentiis comes knocking on his door and says, Stephen King, I say, you want to make a Evil Dead 2? Um, so at first he didn't want to, but then he was just sort of like between a rock and a hard place and was like, well, I guess I, I have to do this thing. Um, and originally, uh, uh, the right, one of the writers of Evil Dead 2, um, Scott Spiegel, he wrote a script himself for Evil Dead 2, just by himself. Dino De Laurentiis like, took him aside and was like, you, like your work with Sam... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you. Write I think you're obligated to do the Dino De Laurentiis voice, though. Every time, <laughs> yeah, every now. time, every time. You set a precedent um, now. <laughs> so, so he uh, he writes a version of Evil Dead Two. Everyone hates it <laughs> because it doesn't take place at the cabin. Um, oh. It's like he he was like, oh, let's do like a new thing with the sequel, right? We already did the cabin. Let's do something else. Um, and he writes the sequel. Nobody likes it. And then Sam is just like, okay, you wrote a script that I don't like. <laughs> and I, my career seems to be over. So let's just work together and figure out, like, if I'm going to do an Evil Dead 2, what's going to make me happy? And so they just locked themselves in a room. Bruce Campbell said that he would, like, come by and he would just hear them laughing hysterically. And, and he was, like, convinced that they weren't working on the script <laughs> and that this movie was never going to happen. Um, and uh, but no, they were they were making they were writing the Evil Dead 2 script. Bruce Campbell just wasn't aware of how funny it was going to be. Right. Um and so, uh, and so, yeah, so they, they, they make this movie, um, you know, Dino De Laurentiis uh, sells it um, before they even start shooting. And uh, it was, you know, a, a big success as a result. Um, you know, in box office numbers, it didn't do much. But between HBO and video rentals, um, it was just it just blew the roof off. It was hugely successful to the point where, you know, obviously they level up with the next movie mm -hmm. um, going to, to Universal. Um so, I do want to talk about what is one of my biggest horror pet peeves, um, which is in this movie, it's the most pedantic thing that I get annoyed about more than anything, is when people say that Sam Raimi remade Evil Dead when he made Evil Dead 2. It's just a remake of the first one. It absolutely drives me crazy because... So 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 the movie Evil Dead Two starts seven minutes into Evil Dead Evil Dead Two. Um, 
the the first seven minutes is a recap of the first film to the point where originally they were going to like they just wanted to use footage from the first movie. Well, the studio that owned that footage wouldn't let them have it. Um, and so they couldn't use it. So they had to reshoot all of that stuff. And originally they were going to like reshoot ev- all the characters. You were going to have Ash's sister and his and his girlfriend and his buddy uh, Scotty. Scotty was going to be played by Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi <laughs> was just going to step in and play <laughs> Scotty um, in the sequence. And uh, and then you were going to have Scotty's girlfriend. They were going to have the whole crew. And then they just realized like, well, actually, if we hire all these actors, it's a lot more money. So why don't we just shorten this to like the pertinent information we need for this movie? Um, and so they cut it all back to just Ash and his girlfriend. But there's a lot of people who watch this movie and they're like, Ash is such an idiot. He goes out to the cabin again and just reads from the book again. Right. Did he learn anything from the first one? And it's like, no, <laughs> that's not what's going on here. Which is funny. Yes. Like if that it, it, to, to think of it in that case, that is like makes it a funnier movie. But yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, the idea that um, really, is he, he's he's gone back with a different girlfriend to this cabin. <laughs> yes, also, won't happen this time. <laughs> I'm I'm going to give her the same necklace though. <laughs> so the nope. bit is that it's really is Evil Dead Two begins when he is in the puddle, right? And he and he's like all yeah, yeah. So monster it, it basically, makeup when the camera starts going through the house right. and gets him on the other side of the door, that's and it hits him. From the point where he lifts up into the trees and starts spinning around, that is the actual start of Evil right. Dead Two. Right. Um, and uh, and you like literally like I would love to like if I just had absolutely nothing else to do, I would love to cut just a three crazy nights version of Evil uh, Dead yeah. of the Evil Dead trilogy. That is just like you cut all of that stuff. You start with the prologue of Evil Dead Two, then you go to Evil Dead, then when the when they hit press play on the on the tape you play the tape from this one with the flashbacks yeah Yeah. and then yeah you just you could do it and it would look cool the continuity would be crazy because he has three different girlfriends over the course of (laughs) three different actresses that's kind of this (laughs) is the only uh, franchise where that could feel even like that could work because like yeah yeah it's such a dreamlike series where like time and memory and faces all kind of like sort of bleed together yeah yeah absolutely I I do sort of like, especially for like casual horror fans, like you could kind of forgive them for thinking that because they don't really help you out in any way to be like, no, 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 no. (laughs) This is where we're starting. They like it it could very well like they could do that sort of like open and then evil did too, but they don't do that. You know, they still they still could. So it can be a little confusing, but I agree. It's certainly its own film. It's called yeah. Evil Dead Two. It's not right. You know, just <laughs> it's a sequel, right? And and not for nothing, but like the things that happen to Ash in this movie are so elevated from the first movie, where the first movie he is just this scared kid who is like having to chop up all of his friends and is just like horrified by the night that he went through. That having to go through a second night of that, yeah. it is completely believable that he's like laughing and just completely losing his mind, totally. right? And, and like, you know, it's a, I was watching the beginning of this movie. It's almost like he's remembering himself cooler than he actually was in the first movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And yeah. like he's he's like able to whereas in the first movie he was so tortured over decapitating Linda in this one he's just like, you know, an action hero. Yeah. 
you're going down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is, uh, so yeah, the, uh, let's see. Um, I do want to shout out K and B, um, who did the effects works on this. Uh, one of the best of all time. Um, you know, famously Greg Nicotero worked on this, um, who would, I think go on to lead K and B, um, after his, uh, his mentor retired. Um, but, uh, he, what's funny, a funny story about, uh, about Greg Nicotero. If you know anything about Greg Nicotero, um, obviously he's most famous for doing all the work on, on the walking dead. Um, I think that's, that's kind of what everyone, that's what made him a household name. I think very recently. Um, but he, uh, has gone on to, um, direct, a lot and basically co-show run essentially um, the new creep show. And he actually left evil dead too early to go work on creep show too. Um, Because that was like his dream job at the time. He was like, Oh my God, I'm going to work on creep show too. And I just think that's kind of adorable. Yeah. um, That that's part of this. Creep show. Um, Now this is a really interesting franchiseography connection Uh, here with this one. Okay. So, so Evil Dead, so, so Evil Dead 2 starts shooting, right? And this is, they've talked about this a lot where Evil Dead, um, a hellish shoot, but none of them knew at the time how bad it was because nobody knew what they were doing, right? Mm-hmm. Then they go on to Crime Wave and it's a hellish shoot for a completely different reason. It's just like nonstop studio interference, you know, never getting anything the way they want it. And it was just like creatively a nightmare, right? And then they get on to Evil Dead 2 and they're like, okay, we, there has to be a better way to make a movie. We got to figure out like what, what we, we can't have problems on this one, right? I don't want to, I don't want to go through a third movie in a row of just like a hellish production. So they start shooting it and they're about a week into shooting it. And every step of the way, the cinematographer, the electric department, um, all, basically the whole crew, all of the union crew were just like, what are you doing? What is this? Why would you put the camera there? Why would you light it like this? Just questioning every single thing. It's like, no, you don't do that. You do this. You wanted an establishing shot. You don't move in an establishing shot. You know, just like backseat directing every step of the way, every creative choice. And at the end of the first week, Sam is just like, I can't do this anymore. Um, I, I, I can't. We just have to fire everybody. Just everybody. Because none of them respect me. Um, And I just we have to fire everybody. So they fire (laughs) the entire crew. The entire crew goes away, um, including the cinematographer. And they bring in a cinematographer by the name of Peter Deming. Now, Nick, do you remember who Peter Deming is? Is it is it one of the X-Men? No. Peter Deming is the cinematographer that came in to finish the original scream when that cinematographer was fired. Oh, that's right. And then went on to shoot uh, Scream 2, 3, and 4. Um, and he would also go on to shoot um, uh, Drag Me to Hell. Nice. As well, reteaming with, with Sam Raimi. But uh, Peter Deming came in, and he was just game for everything. He was like, what do you want to do? I'll figure it out. Whatever. <laughs> like, just to- a totally different vibe. And the reason that they said that is they, they think that this happened is because Sam... Instead of being like everybody's friend, he sort of took over the set, not as like a dictator, but like had this sort of like patent like speech at the beginning of like, look, a lot of you aren't going to know what I'm doing, but I promise you it's all in my head. I know what I'm doing. I know what's happening. You're going to have a lot of questions. 
Don't ask me though. <laughs> Just do what I tell you to do because you're not going to understand what's in my head. But when you see the movie, you're going to love it. I promise. And then everyone was like, okay. Oh, man. This guy seems to know what he's doing. I want to just say it to my kids. You're going to have a lot of questions. (laughs) Don't ask me about Yeah. but uh, but yeah, it's it's that's that's so funny that this guy has uh, come in and saved a famous movies production twice and classics, um, two bona fide yeah, classics yeah, in the genre. Absolutely, and horror, Peter Deming, yeah. man, yeah, 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 legend. Peter Deming. Um, love it. But uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's sort of like all the background detail. Um, I, I think we really need to get into with Evil Dead Two mm-hmm. before we really yeah. get into it. Um, but everybody says it's like one of the best film shoots they've ever been on. Um, wow. After just like the, the complete, yeah, <laughs> p- complete polar opposite of, of everything in, um, in the first evil dead. And like, so, as a movie, it really uses every department to like its fullest and best. Mm-hmm. Like the, obviously you got the makeup effects, the special effects, but the sound design, the audio, mm-hmm. the music, it's just like, it feels like they had to have been coming together at some point to be able to do this because it's just like every facet of the directing the the photography everything is friggin you know the tops yeah the stop motion oh god the the miniatures it's just like an incredible and for what they were working with just wild yeah yeah they shot the whole thing in a in a a school gymnasium yeah (laughs) it's just crazy in in north carolina in 1986 and they they told the story where they went to go take laundry to a laundromat and they go in the laundromat and there's black people everywhere and they're just like like they're like oh wow okay i guess we're in the black neighborhood okay whatever and then like somebody comes up to them and it's just like hey you aren't supposed to be in here. Yeah. The white laundromat is across the street. And then they started to realize that the whole town was segregated. Which is so still crazy. in 1986. Crazy. Um, North Carolina, man. Crazy backwards yeah. shit. Uh, but this was one of the movies that that um, actually it was the, it was the, specifically the color purple right. shot in North Carolina, which jump started the entire like sort of film industry in North Carolina. Um, and, and I assume <laughs> would eventually uh cease all of this uh segregation as a result um it's wild to think that the next crew coming in were (laughs) were these knuckleheads making evil dead 2 after the the, you know spielberg stately color purple (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah yeah because they tried to they tried to like milk them for every dime they're like you guys you guys were dealing with a cadillac before (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're not a cadillac (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you see crime wave guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> no you didn't <laughs> do you know who dino de Laurentiis is <laughs> uh dino anyway the best yeah um so nick let's uh let's get through let's 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 walk through this movie yes. yeah so uh as we oh my god you know well I, I guess just just to talk a little bit about what pat said you know there's there's a reason that, you know, for a movie called Evil Dead 2, this movie feels so alive and mm-hmm. symphonic almost, you know, mm-hmm. and for Good being just like way. like a Cabin in the Woods movie, there is such life and color to it. And I think it's like, yeah, because for whatever reason, this crew was so energized and united by this vision of this director that like it's this is it's firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the first third of it is one guy. 
You know, right? Yeah, it's one guy, but still, yeah, it's still so alive. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it is really fun though. Like the scene where all the furniture comes alive, and totally. you get the wide shot of it. And they talk about this in the behind the scenes doc that I was watching, and they were like, "Yeah, every single cast member and crew member was just hiding behind all that furniture and pulling awesome. strings and wiggling couch cushions to make that work." They're like, "There are twenty people on that set that you're not seeing right. <laughs> that are all just hiding yeah. behind shit." I'm like, awesome. "That's amazing." <laughs> To be young, just friends making a movie together, man. I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> no, it's it's and um, man, like what a what a crazy opening. I just just I, I just get so hyped with just like the smoke swirling and yeah. the voiceover, and then like the the Necronomicon's like face morphing and like mm-hmm. coming alive. Right. Yeah, that whole um, the Necronomicon like stop motion sequence. Uh, the guy uh, that did the stop motion talks about this, and he was like, he was like, yeah, he wanted it to be like being written in stop motion, so. I would I designed the whole book and then I would just draw a little bit of it, take a picture, wow. draw a little bit more, take a picture. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And then the idea of flipping pages in stop motion, flipping pages at different speeds in stop motion. I just that boggles my mind. Like, right. I just can't I can wrap my head around like animating, you know, Jack Skellington or whatever in stop motion. But there's something about like oh, creating a working book in yeah. stop motion. I. That boggles my mind. I don't know how he did that. It's just, like magic. Just the patience. I couldn't even yeah. imagine it. Like, it's wild. Oh, man. Yeah. Crazy. And it holds up. It still looks great. Yeah. <laughs> it has such, like, life to uh, it, you know? It, it, kind of like a, kind yeah. of like a, a Harryhausen monster where it, mm-hmm. the fact that you can see the little thumbprints on the, the clay of the thing kind of adds to its, you know, its charm. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Bethany... Bethany, my wife, watched this with me, and uh, in that opening, that opening bit of narration where he's like, um, "We have to go back to the time when demons ruled the earth and the oceans ran red, red with, with yeah. blood, and it was, and it's with that blood that we that the that was inking the book." And she was just like, "Well, that's convenient." Like, just, <laughs> just yeah. was like, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, of course. Like, they didn't have to kill anybody for that blood. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no no one actually a lot of people don't know this about the necronomicon but nobody had to die in the making of yeah you know, <laughs> yeah it's dead flesh this all came out of the ocean yeah good old <laughs> good old ocean blood oh, we man. we talked a little bit about the you know the the beginning is like kind of a remake of evil dead where it's just ash and linda driving uh we get a new recording we get uh flashbacks into this family finding the necronomicon um it's mm-hmm. so great it really is you know there's like a home movie quality to it kind of like you know with the mm-hmm. people off stage the other actors like moving the things around with like this feels bigger than it actually is mm-hmm. like you really believe yeah. they are uncovering this lost tomb in the desert even though it really right. is just like the, you know the frame is like this big it's like a hallway <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's it is interesting it's the aspect of this movie that i always forget which is the sort of like indiana jones element yeah. to it um which now that i'm thinking about it the idea of like indiana jones coming across the necronomicon and having to deal with that would be i would watch it oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally let's do it Punch this old time crossover. 
Yeah. 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 Harrison Ford now dealing yeah. with the Necronomicon. Right. That's what I want. Uh, how hard would that be? Well, uh, no, it's Disney now. You couldn't even do like a Dark Horse comic, you know? No. No. That's a shame. No. That'd be a hell of a yeah. crossover. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at that. Also, I mean, I, well, oh, please. Yeah. I was going to say, look at Batman and Predator. You know, that turned out great. Yeah. Ash was going to originally be, he was in that original script for the Freddy versus Jason movie uh, that was supposed to be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. That was like the movie yeah. that they wanted to make. Yeah. The the sequel. Yeah. Um, oh, this, yeah, yeah. 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 It was, uh, and then it was going to be Chucky and then it was nothing. Yeah. Um, then it became nothing. Probably, honestly, yeah. maybe for the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do like that first one. Me too. But I'm like, that first one is, you did, you did the impossible and you did it pretty well. Yeah. Of merging those two things. Don't pressure luck yeah. by trying to do it again. I mean, the novelty of it would be like exciting. And then you'd, and I think you'd probably see it and be like, oh, it's great. And then think about it later and be like, eh, I don't know. I, yeah. by, by miracle, I happen to have actually very recently rewatched Ready versus Jason. Um, um, oh. And there is such a, that there's such a primal, like early 2000s ness to that movie. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. so like the soundtrack and like, the kind oh, of yeah. ugly cynicalness of it that I don't know if Ash fits in that world. Assuming the sequel would have had the same like Ronnie Yu tone. Mm. My my issue is the reason that that the Freddy versus Jason dynamic works is because they're different. Mm. But like you put Ash in there or Chucky in there, and they're all wisecrackers. Right. And so uh-huh. it's just like it's it's too samey. It's too much of the same flavor. That's true. Um, it just doesn't work. They're just trying to outsmart each other. That's not fun. <laughs> that is not fun. Yeah, I don't know. It's like putting Ash and Deadpool together or something. Oh, <laughs> but like, yeah, Deadpool and Wolverine. At least there, you have kind of like, right, uh, right, you know, right. Yeah, yeah. You got to have the PB and the J. You right. can't yeah. just have two J's. Ash Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> Ash, Dr. Loomis. I don't know. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we get, like, you know, the necklace. We get, uh, oh, man, uh, we get Ash playing the piano and Linda, like, doing ballet. Great. Mm-hmm. The best. But then. It's good. We get that weird that weird moment where he's just like, I'm a man. And I had a crazy <laughs> revelation watching that moment. Um, yeah. Growing up, like, you know, around high school, I knew a lot of guys, like was friends with a lot of guys who based their entire personality around being like Ash from <laughs> Army of Darkness or Evil Dead. You know, that kind of like, hey, I'm going to act really macho, even though I'm not. And like, hey, you know, let's open up some champagne. And it worked, listeners. Wow, (laughs) really? Because there's like a humor kind of goofiness to it. I don't know. It like brought me back. That's so funny yeah. because I thought you were going to say, and let me tell you something, only Bruce Campbell could pull it off. Oh, I thought yeah. you were in the opposite direction. But oh, now yeah. that I know anyone can do it, yeah. shit, what am I doing? Well, I think it's like, you know, I think it's like wearing beetle boots where like no one's going to do it as good as Campbell. Right. But it's not a bad yeah. template to follow. Right. 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 Oh, champagne. It's so great. It's just the best. <laughs> and uh, then, yeah, then tragedy strikes. Linda becomes a deadite. Um, yes. Gets her head shoveled yes. off. Oh man! I that's that's one thing about this movie. Like the Evil Dead takes a little while to get going, and then once it goes, it's like full throttle. Mm-hmm. But this one is just like 
Five minutes. Uh, how how long has it been? Yep. Two minutes. Yep. We're here. We go. First deadite <laughs> done. It's done like done. rock and roll, man. <laughs> it is just yeah, exactly. It's like five minutes, and then we are just in, and it is relentless from there on. <laughs> yes. And I think that was my issue as a kid when I saw Evil Dead the first time, and it didn't hit me as much, is because I'm a kid and I want yeah. it to just start. And hell, this was the answer. Oh man. Yeah, you know, like it kind of <laughs> I, I had a revel I was thinking about like Looney Tunes watching this movie. And yeah. and I was like, did I laugh watching Looney Tunes or was I just like absorbed by it? You know. Interesting. And I I think there's a reason that like this movie finds a lot of people when they're young because as violent as it is and as scary as it can be, even this one, it has that kind of cartoon spirit or three stooges spirit that I think a kid just can dial right. on to really quickly. It's funny that you say that because I've never thought about that with the Looney Tunes, but like, I think you're absolutely right. Like, but I can very distinctly remember watching Looney Tunes with my dad and my dad dot like hysterical at everything, you know? So it's like one of those things maybe where like, it takes you to get a little bit more, a little bit more adult to find it. That's for it to hit you that way. Right. Right. That's very interesting. With my dad, it was three stooges. I remember that would make him laugh. And I would kind of like, what is it? What's that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah absolutely. why are people getting is getting people getting hurt so funny to adults <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean you know the same thing can be say, said about mel brooks like i didn't think mel brooks was funny like i watched those movies when i was a kid but like i didn't laugh like my dad laughed and right. then you watch them when you're older and you understand more of the jokes and the context of the jokes and all mm-hmm. those things and and then they're really really funny you know young frankenstein is like one of the funniest movies ever made yeah. it um, takes a certain level of genius to like appeal to kids and adults in that way where you're doing the same thing and it does it has like a different reaction for both and it's still appealing yeah so hard to yeah. That. yeah 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 and maybe that's why it's like to as a kid or when we first watched this movie it wasn't funny because right. we didn't see that you were just like, God, let's hope this guy gets out okay. This is crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In fact, I'll go so far as to say, like, when I was a kid, the stuff that is obviously funny for me played creepier and like almost more menacing because like you know mm-hmm. it's not like, like now you stream stuff you can watch it whenever but like when mm-hmm. I would watch this movie it would be like I, either I rented it or like it was on late night cable or something and like everybody's asleep and I'm like sneaking it and because I didn't really you know you don't understand that maybe it's necessarily supposed to be funny so when that like the deer head and I know we'll get there but when the deer head's like laughing and then the close-up of Ash just like crazily laughing it's un it's like uh un, what am I looking for? Like unsettling in a way if yeah. you don't know it's funny so yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of why this works in as a as a truly like terrifying movie for a kid that yeah yeah i got a a moment that i really want to share about revolving that but uh yeah scott did you have a response to that yeah no i mean i was just gonna say that i i i think that the thing that elevates this movie from the first movie is like because he's losing his mind because he's already been through one night of this right you go into this second night and it's suddenly like lovecraftian Mm -hmm. um because that's the only way they, that the deadites can scale up the horror that he experienced the previous night of chopping up all of his friends. Right. Now it's existential horror. Yeah. Um, you know, it's yeah. cosmic horror. So, and it's just, it, he's just completely losing his mind. Right. Um, and I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that about this. It, yeah. And Lovecraftian is a great poll because like I was thinking about Lovecraft watching this movie and how like, you know, 
what I, you know, a lot of people, when they, they think of Lovecraft, me included, they think of like, you know, Cthulhu and, you know, yeah. big monsters, but not so much the element of like madness and like right. feeling reality slipping away or falling away. And right. when that, that moment where he gets hit with the, the force of the evil dead and then sees that the bridge is out. Yeah. Um, oh, I, yeah. oh, I, and then like the sun comes out. Um, I like the effect of the, <laughs> yeah. the fog getting like sucked in. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, but then time just like fast forwards and suddenly it's night again. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like e- Evil Dead is act two of Mandy. And Evil Dead 2 is Act 3 of Mandy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I love that effect where you just see, like, time, like, the sun setting by Ash. And Ash is like, wait, no, wait, what's happening? You know, like, it's, yeah, is, is this real? Like, and it was yeah. such a cool way to be like, how is this movie 80 minutes long? Like, oh, no, he doesn't need to, like, set up camp or start a fight. We're just going to, like, zap time forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing too that I, I I do like about it is like he's desperate to get out of there, but he's also just like no no there's no fucking way I survive one night and now I'm gonna have to go through a second one I'm not dying I refuse and it's just like he has this new this like renewed spirit of like I know what I'm getting into he's like he's like Kevin McAllister where he's like this is my cabin and I have to defend it you know yeah um, and he so he switches into this new mode in the second night yeah. Yeah. And it works because, yeah, like if you have seen the first one, you've seen him go through the crucible of that first movie. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, you buy it that he's, you know, able to be like a bit more of like an an action hero in this. Um, Yeah. I was weirdly, I was so happy and pumped and inspired when it cuts to the plane. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, they got a plane this time. (laughs) (laughs) yes like we're moving up yep they did it we did it boys a landed plane (laughs) it it's like the first thing in the evil dead that feels like a a scene from a regular movie (laughs) and there's extras there's other people getting out of the plane there's extras there's people who aren't bruce campbell or ted ramey like delivering yeah like uh, like exposition of like, oh yeah, the pages like this will open the thing and blah blah blah. We have to right, find your parents. It was crazy. Yeah, new new blood and a plane. Um, Scott, did you have any notes uh, on like these actors on how like are they just like people that that they cast or? Yeah, I mean, mostly just people that they cast. Um, I will say, uh, the actress who plays um Annie, mm-hmm. um. She is, I think, I think that's who that is. I, I lose track of their names because they don't say their names very much other than Bobby Joe, Bobby Joe. Um, <laughs> who they say all the time. Uh, <laughs> One guy does. But, but um, yeah, Annie Noby, because the professor is Professor Noby. Yeah. So, so the actress who played Annie Noby, um, she came in to play Linda in this, in the, in the opening recap. Um, and Sam Raimi loved her and was like, you're cast, you're going to be Linda. And she was like, can I also read for the lead? And they're like, well, I really just like you for Linda. And she's like, I mean, I'm here. Can I just read for the lead? So then she read for the lead. And he's like, actually, I like you for the lead. And so yeah. it's just like, she got cast as Linda. And then five minutes later was cast as, as Sarah. Now, um, hear that actors, you gotta be, you gotta be your agent. Yeah. Yes. Totally. You gotta work for yeah. you. 
So yeah. her agent got her the Linda audition, not the lead audition. Right. She got herself the lead mm-hmm. audition. But the, the Bobby Joe story, though, did you did you yeah. guys the the that who that was written for originally? Uh, well, Hunter? it was written for yeah their buddy written, yeah Holly Hunter right? was yeah, written for right. and and the crazy story so like Sam Raimi. Bruce Campbell, the Coens, Francis McDormand, and like Holly Hunter. And then they said Kathy Bates, like all lived in a house together and like hung out all the time. And I was like, could you just imagine what a friggin' time that must be? Like how cool those, all of those people became like next level, mega Mm -hmm. talented talent. And just at the roots, how cool that would be. Yeah. At one point, they were just a bunch of 20 something sharing a house together. Yeah. Yeah. And Although Rob- my underst- my understanding is that Kathy Bates did not get along with Sam Raimi, and that's why they've never worked together. Oh, interesting. Because because Ka- Kathy Bates was like kind of the house mom, oh, and Ka- wow. and and Sam was like this irresponsible like little prankster, and so he she was just like I hate this guy. Yeah. That's actually really funny because I only I know that story because I listened to the commentary, and somebody's telling it might even be Sam telling the story, and he's like all of these people and doesn't say Kathy Bates. And then somebody else throws out like, Oh yeah. And Kathy Bates. And it's like, what? yes. Interesting. Yeah. He, would leave, yeah. like, he would leave like mouse traps for her in the pantry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably. Yeah. No, if, uh, he'd, oh, she'd open like a closet door and a fire hose full of fake blood would just shoot in her face. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> you interview Kathy Bates later and she's like, yeah, when I was, uh, when I was, <laughs> When I was hobbling uh, uh, Jimmy Kahn, I was picturing Sam Raimi. Uh, <laughs> He's a menace. Beautiful. I love that. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I think the thing that I I little note about the about this crew um, specifically is the guy who plays um, Professor Ed uh, Richard Domier. Um, this guy very famously uh, became a host for QVC for like ever. Um, and, and my grandmother, uh, would throw on QVC and just, it would just be on the TV, like all the time. Mm -hmm. It was like her background noise, um, in the nineties. And so I saw this guy all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I remember watching this movie for the first time and just being like, this guy looks so familiar and I (laughs) couldn't figure it out. That is crazy. And then I watched QVC again after that. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) it's the guy from Evil Dead. Holy shit. (laughs) <laughs> that's great yeah yeah no but um but that's it i mean he just he literally did this movie and then got a job on the home shopping network and then hey. eventually transitioned to qvc oh. but that's that's it Respect that's all it. he's ever done since um as much as i love holly hunter it is it would kind of take it is it would some it's something that would kind of take me out of the movie i think in retrospect right you know right yeah, yeah. sure totally. it's but with respect to the other actors because they do such great work and you know such physical performances it does kind of work as like bruce campbell and everybody else yeah yeah it's and it's but it's also a thing where it's like it's different when it's jamie lee curtis and halloween because at least she's playing the lead Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so it's not distracting it's more like johnny depp being in nightmare on elm street and you're like what is Johnny Depp doing here? And he's yeah. like playing like a sidekick. It's just, it's very distracting every time you watch it. You're just like, yeah. Or like, we like thinking about like his career tra- trajectory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, you know, what's that one Texas chainsaw movie with McConaughey and Jennifer Aniston? Oh yeah. Yeah. With Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Oh, Renee Zellweger. Jennifer Aniston was a leprechaun. Yep. <laughs> Great work. Yeah. 
where we're the next it. is it Texas Chainsaw the Next Generation? I think it's yeah. called something like that. I think yeah. you're right. I've what a nasty the first, movie. <laughs> yeah, it's the first it's the first Texas Chainsaw movie I saw. Oh god, uh, it's so gross. And know, that's coming from someone who loves the original Texas Chainsaw movie. There there was a Texas Chainsaw movie that came out on Netflix this year. And yeah. a lot of people sure were was. like, This is the worst one that's ever come out. And I'm like, even before I saw it, I'm like, that's not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it particularly, but there are at least three that are worse than that one. <laughs> right. yeah. I saw it. And I'm like, that was competent. I understood what was yeah. happening shot to shot. Uh, <laughs> Lazy thematically, but there was sure. at least some fun going on. Yeah, kind of a weird, like, wait, why is this about influencers all of a sudden? Yeah, why do you hate young people and yeah. want to murder them so badly? <laughs> oh, man, there's a lot of movies getting made about that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But people really don't like Gen Z, and Gen Z have no have no issue taking jobs where they're getting shit on. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we're you know, it's kind of it's this grand like if you go back and watch movies from like the '60s, you got like people shitting True. on hippies. True. Um, yeah, and and you know, we grew up in the '90s watching movies where like you know you would see kind of Gen X kids being dweebs or like you know dorks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, people don't use dweebs enough. I love it. Yeah. That's good. I think we need to bring dweebs back. Oh, for sure. So I agree. Uh, so, Pat, you mentioned yeah. parts of this movie maybe being funny, but to you as a child being scary. Um, yeah. So I mentioned in last week's episode that the first time I sat down and watched this movie was like through physical Netflix um, when I was in high school. Yeah. You know, I got a disc sent to my house and I watched it one night. Um, but upon watching this, I realized that I had somewhere in my childhood on a forgotten night seen a moment of this movie channel surfing or walking past it on TV. And it is the moment where the reanimated corpse of Linda does a ballet dance with her own severed head. Mm -hmm. And that like imprinted on me as a kid. Right. Mm -hmm. And like shook me. It was like a nightmare come to life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And watching it for the first time. It's got that. And she's got that uh, that deadite rot, yep. which rots her entire body into a, a skeleton in less than 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> which happens to all of them except Henrietta, but for uh-huh. good reasons. <laughs> yes. Um, um, yeah, it's scary. I, and it, and yeah. because it's so it's the stop motion and it's looks different it, from a lot of the stuff. It's the, the Barbie doll head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That like that adds an element to it. She's of, like, smiling just... and giggling the whole time. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. I'll... But my favorite moment, and I remember seeing this in the audience. Um, the two, the two odd pops. You know when you see a movie you haven't ever seen in a theater before with a big group mm-hmm. for the first time, and you get these little odd pops, like yeah. pops you weren't expecting, like moments you never really thought about when you watch them at home. Mm-hmm. You see them in a theater, and you get a different light. One is when Ash. And Linda are crossing the bridge at the very, very beginning. And it's obviously like a Hot Wheel car on a little model bridge. Right. The whole audience just burst out laughing, which I was like, what a weird reaction. Yeah, but yeah it is pretty funny. That, that looks like a model. <laughs> um, and then and then the other bit is when she does that dance and then leaps into the into the into the darkness and just goes. Wee! <laughs> <laughs> and everybody loses it. That is funny. I mean, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that's great and like and yeah and like and i don't know if i would have found that funny as like uh that also kind of reminds me pat did you see malignant i did did you get to see it Very in the much theaters? So, yeah i did not unfortunately 
Like that was another one where like I got I saw it in the theater and I don't know if I would have found as much of it funny if I didn't have people laughing at like, yes. you know, the close up on the yeah. sister or like Yeah, that's know. the greatest stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. It's seeing a movie in the theater is just like a completely different and wonderful better experience. Right. Or and, if not a group, um, you know, at least someone next to you. Sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so movies like this in particular, I think always benefit from seeing maybe even for the first time with an audience like that, because it gives you permission to like, be like, oh, this is on purpose. Mm -hmm. Like everyone, like, right. Okay. Like you, you kind of, it helps you get on its level quicker, you know? Yeah. Um, cause I I'm definitely, I remember trying to show this to friends in high school and them not getting it. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, and that was always devastating. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. A, that is a devastating moment when you try to you reach out to a friend. They're like, "What? What is this?" No, yeah. yeah. So sad when you have to be like, "Well, I guess that's it. I guess we're not yeah. going to be then friends I, anymore." And then I just, and then just to be an asshole, I just started showing all my friends Tetsuo the Iron Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? This is normal. And, and that was just me being a dick. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Well, at least it's only fifty-seven minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, oh I feel like this is definitely a like you show it to your friends and they either get it or they don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Of like, absolutely. yeah. Totally. Uh, man, I love the rocking chair bit. It's yeah. just like how they're able to turn like ordinary, just a room into like a set piece just by doing stuff with the camera and sound and stuff. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, I love it too. Um, but then, yeah. of course, we get like maybe the set piece of the entire movie where, well, the, the, the prologue, the hint of one where Ash's hand gets possessed. Right, right. And Bruce Campbell. Um, I, I love the logic. And I'll be very curious because I haven't seen the remake, I don't think, since seeing it in theaters. And I, and I, and I, I really like the remake a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm going to be curious if it follows the same rules in terms of like, you get possessed by injuries sustained from other deadites. Because mm. um, mm. I yeah. don't remember if that follows those rules or not. But once again, here I just I love that like every time, it, like it's even looser in this one because like um, Ed gets like just thrown into a into into the yeah the like wall. into a shelf yeah and and he becomes a deadite from right. that injury. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but here. Linda's head biting his hand. I think about that, just biting that flesh right there, just like having something anchored onto that. Oh, yeah. I think about it all the time. It freaks me out. Mm -hmm. The yeah. webbing. Yes, yes. Uh, Pat, yes. we talked about that on last week's episode of like Raimi is like a twisted master at like that horror empathy of knowing how, you know, like, oh, you can imagine mm -hmm. what that would feel like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's great. like the ankle. Um, mm. Oh yeah, the pencil ankle, in the ankle, so. pencil in the ankle. Yeah, and then you yeah. know we we have to shout out uh, Bruce Campbell just breaking dish after dish over oh, his head, and yeah, yeah, great physical flipping action. himself over, just unbelievable, and like the glee with which he seems to be doing it. I'm sure it wasn't as gleeful as it uh, comes across, but it just mm -hmm. seemed. It's just like such a. It's like joyful in a weird way. Yeah. The the thing that I will say um, that I think I think does Bruce Campbell a, a disservice because he talks about 
you know, he's had this, he had the same uh, st- uh, uh, stunt guy for right. like 15 years, mm-hmm. worked out with him on Briscoe County and Xena and all of that stuff. And so we had him on here and um, the guy mostly just sat around. He didn't really do a lot because mm-hmm. Bruce did a lot of this himself, a lot of the like sort of slapstick antics of this. And there's this one um, shot in the documentary where it's like a behind the scenes shot of him doing the kitchen scene and the kitchen scene in the movie, the film stock is sped up, right? right? It, it, it's sped up to be like a little sillier, um, but watching him actually do it in real time is the most athletically like awe inspiring thing I've ever seen right. of him, like literally flipping himself over and like do like doing all of this himself in real speed. It's just nuts to see. Yeah. Um, really, really nuts to see. There's this really great story though, where he's like, yeah, most of the time I did it myself. And then, um, I'm looking down the stairs to the basement and, uh, Sam's telling me he wants me to go face first into the stairs. And I was like, no, you know what? I think John can do this one. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's well, they uh, say uh, like that. Sam like just joy found a lot of joy in just torturing Sam, uh, Bruce and yeah. his actors oh, yeah. just in general. I think he likes yeah. to yeah. pretty much made Allison Loman retire from from movies. Essentially. Oh man, such a bummer! I know. Um, I'm waiting. Somebody, come on, Allison Loman. Th- there's a uh, for sure, for sure. There, there's a moment. Mm-hmm. Kind of going back to Looney Tunes, there's a moment at the end where he's on the ground at this point, and he is so good at selling his body language, is getting more and more like drunk and like zoned yeah. out. You can, and it, you know, it's like that great Daffy Duck is Robin Hood, where each time he hits the tree, he gets a little more slurred and like slurred right. away, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Like looser so- and looser. Mm-hmm. One thing that we we did um, jump over because we're like excited to talk about the hand stuff is um, the work shed oh, and oh, yeah. going out to the work shed, clamping Linda's head into the vice. Right. And then looking for the chainsaw, which like <laughs> I just love because it's. It, he, he knows there's a chainsaw in there because of the first movie, but. Because he used it in the first movie, but we don't ever see him use it in the prologue to this. So it's just further proof that this is a sequel to the first film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. But but uh, when he's looking for that chainsaw and then her headless body comes oh in God. wielding the chainsaw. I think this was the moment watching this movie for the first time as a kid, having watched the first Evil Dead at this point and then watching this and then realizing like there the way that it's moving reminds me of a Muppet and Muppets are funny. Mm-hmm. So this must be, this is supposed to be funny. Right. Like making, I think subconsciously making all of those connections in my head mm-hmm. because this is truly one of the funniest, stupidest things I've ever <laughs> seen in a movie. Just this Muppet, headless Muppet corpse wielding a chainsaw, just ramming into Bruce Campbell. <laughs> um, and then like and yet, the best. puncturing herself with it yeah. all the way down. Yes. You know, <laughs> They say that, you know, the commonality between horror and comedy is the element of surprise. Yeah. Right. Like you get a laugh when something happens just like a little bit different than you were expecting. And Mm -hmm. you get a jump scare when it's like, oh, I wasn't I didn't think, you know, when you get tripped up and this Mm -hmm. movie crosses the stream so beautifully when like it is a surprise when a headless zombie with a chainsaw comes out because like 
you were expecting something, but you weren't expecting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then it, then you, well, it's also ridiculous. Yeah. Oh God. It's yeah. Good. It's wonderful. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we go back to the, the people that on the plane, the, the daughter of the explorers and the boyfriend. Who was that guy? The, the mullet. Uh, I don't think he's a boyfriend. I think he's like a coworker. Oh, wait, they we're kiss, talking about, though. are we talking about Ed? Oh, they kiss. Yeah, they kiss oh, all right. on the on the on the airplane. Yeah, like because okay. he's not on the plane. She gets off the plane. And he's oh, waiting for okay. her. Okay, yeah, and then and then kisses her. Sorry, I was but wrong, guys. It's the only sense of affection between the two that we ever see <laughs> after that. It's the first thing you see. So you're like, oh, okay. And then yeah, yeah, she's not that concerned when he becomes Jedi and no. is uh, no. taken care of. She's just sort of all right. Not even a like screaming yeah. his name and concern no. shot. <laughs> Not yeah. like our buddy. Uh, yeah, that's true. They meet uh, Jake. J- Jake is that is that Bobby? Is yeah, that Jake. You're right. Jake and Bobby. Jake, Joe, Jake right? played yeah. by Dan Hicks. Yes. Um, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. So they he meet. Kind of does everything wrong. <laughs> yeah, he makes every yeah every every wrong decision you can make. And they're like, "Hey, we can show you because they come to the bridge has been blown out, and they're like for a hundred dollars." You know, we can tra- we can take you on this secret trail to lead to the cabin. So while they're doing that, um, we get another incredible sequence where Ash is fighting with his own hand and uh, eventually in a torrent with a torrent of blood and laughing maniacally uh, chainsaws his own hand off while screaming like who's laughing now. Oh, that's the best. Oh. The 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 thing that I love about it is how slapstick it is right before that, which mm-hmm. is just like the thing that the hand is dragging him across oh, the that, floor. Yeah. Yes. Dragging him across the floor. And it's so silly and everyone's laughing. And then it just gets immediately interrupted by the shock of him stabbing his <laughs> hand into the ground and then cutting it off with the chainsaw. Yes. Like, yeah, it's brutal. Brutal. Yeah. It's so, testament please. also to Bruce Campbell as just like a charismatic performer that like the lines that he gets in the movie, like they're not like all like the that have become like the most quotable lines. Like I'm thinking of like you just said, like, who's laughing now? Like they're <laughs> not memorable lines. They're just like who's laughing now or like um um uh, you're going down like mm-hmm. or even just groovy. They're just like throwaway, like cliche kind of lines. Let's go. But. Yeah, exactly. But or like, give me back my hand. Yeah. But the way he does them, he's just such a tremendously talented, charismatic performer that they've become like indelible horror lines now. Mm-hmm. I like you. And he knows exactly what kind of movie he's in. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah. it's funny. I remember I've never seen Crime Wave, but I saw a video essay about Crime Wave. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can watch Crime Wave. It's on Amazon. You oh, can watch cool. it. But like, I'm sure there'll yeah. be like a seventy-five dollar four K coming out for right. arrow video Probably. in like two months but, and everyone will buy it yeah. and bruce campbell plays like a, a supporting role in that movie and right the, they would show shots of him in the movie and it's just he just even just those glimpses you can tell that he knows what kind of movie sam raimi's trying to make because he's got that big kind of three stooges physicality that mm-hmm, they right. just kind of it's like fully a do you know they just share each other's yeah. madness yeah um he's like yeah. bizarro jim carrey Yes. He's like, yeah. Know, cult movies, Jim Carrey. Like, but better. 
Like the part where he's dragging <laughs> his hand that Scott mentioned, like that's a miracle because like you feel like it's the hand dragging. Mm-hmm. And it's in that moment, mm-hmm. he creates two characters right. where like yeah. you feel empathy for the hand when it gets stabbed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we talk about uh, Bruce Campbell in an episode of uh, Franchise Potential on our Patreon when we talked about Congo. And um, we talked about how much better Congo would be if Bruce Campbell was the, was the gorilla trainer instead of the guy that gets killed at the beginning. Right. Um, but they would never put him in a lead role like that. But we're just like, there is a, another world where he was 80s Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. And it's such a bummer that we never got that yeah, world. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's a really yeah. good point. And uh, there's an argument to be made. A farewell to arms is like top five visual gags of all time. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Wonderful. This whole sequence where the where the hand escapes the bucket, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, like, I, why did you remove the knife? Just leave it stabbed <laughs> into the hand. It wasn't going to go anywhere <laughs> yeah. then. Um, I don't know why you got this bucket. You could just keep it stabbed. I don't know. Um, Maybe he needed but, it, though. You never know. He might have needed it later. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he was like, I need every sharp object yeah. I can get. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? But this whole sequence where it's uh, running through the walls and he's shooting the wall, the holes in the wall and then um, the blood bursts out of the out of the walls. The blood bursting out of the walls was the very last shot of the whole movie because it completely decimated the set. Right. Um, so... It was the very last thing they shot because they were like, after this, there's no going back. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the set is destroyed. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was like – it was like a big – it was like fireworks going off at the end of their, of their shoot because it was just like, yay, it's over. We did it. <laughs> yeah. What a fun send-off that must have been, honestly. Oh, I know. <laughs> just drowning in fluids. <laughs> yeah. There's something really rock and roll about like, no, this has to be the last movie because we're going to destroy the set. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's good. And then like, yeah, like, like Scott mentioned the laughing moose, which is like such, you know, an iconic, like what a character. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that whole scene. I mean, yeah. it's, it's one of my favorite scenes in any movie. There is a moment, <laughs> please. No, go ahead. I was going to say, there's a moment where Bruce Campbell has chemistry with a lamp. Yes. Oh, that's exactly it. what I was going to refer it. to. Oh, yeah. Is that wide shot of everything going crazy and him looking at the lamp and be like, ah, ah! <laughs> like imitating the, the, the dance that the lamp is It's doing. my favorite thing ever. That how how has Bruce Campbell not been in a Muppets movie? Right. Totally. Wow. Yeah. He and, would have so much chemistry with those guys. I'm sure this has been said before, but like there is no like. It's Pee Wee's fucking. Can we curse on this? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah it's Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's demented Pee Wee's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. There, there. It's like there's no way Paul Rubens had. I mean, he came up around. I mean, I don't know. Pee Wee may have been a little earlier than this, but at the same time, like they're operating in the same universe. It's just yeah. like the, it's Pee Wee's Playhouse, but demonic and demented. <laughs> yeah, and I think like oh, yeah, man. like there's something about this scene that rides that line between scary and silly. That yeah, like like Pee Wee, I can see a kid being like, I don't know what this is, but I feel yeah. like compelled by it. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> off-putting, I think, for kids. Although I loved oh. Pee Wee as a kid, to be fair. Oh, for yeah, sure, me too. Because <laughs> and then this is when the others arrive, right? Uh, yeah, because yes. he shoots through the door. Yeah, accidentally shoots accidentally Bobby Jean or Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe. Bobby and Joe. and uh, 
and they they just it's so it breaks my heart every time I watch this because the viewer knows what Ash has just gone through. So to yes. see him just get his ass kicked by these guys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And also just not understanding what they've just walked into, mm, you know? Yeah. And he's, like, saying, like, yo, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. And they're like, you're goddamn right you made a mistake, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, man. And it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, I think it's also why, like, this, this movie does feel like a one-man show because in that moment, like, the audience is just with Ash and they don't like any of these new people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which it's I guess so... was like a studio thing at the beginning or like a De Laurentiis thing at the beginning was like, you can't just have a one, a man in the movie. And we're like, oh, no, we can, we can. I jumped on your De, De Laurentiis thing <laughs> I had to. That's good. More the merrier. I'm surprised he, this is the first time he's really come up on the show. I, he hasn't had anything to do with yeah. any of the movies we've talked That's about true. before. This is the first um, one. So they um, throw Ash down into the basement, which is a horrible bad, idea. Bad move. Um, this is really cool because like, yeah, so there's a dead eyed under there. It's the mom and you right. get Ash like pleading, begging, like open the door. And it's just great because like, you're like, oh, he can also be like terrified. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Which, which I've heard, I've heard people, um, you know, cause you, you, you come across horror fans who aren't the biggest evil dead fans. Cause mm. it's just not their cup of tea. Cause it just doesn't take itself seriously enough for them or whatever. Right, right, um, it, and, and uh, a lot of people will be like, well, if this is a sequel to the first one, why didn't the deadites bring Henrietta up in the first movie? Like, why is she just now showing up in the second one? If she was buried down there this whole time. And my thing is just like, because her daughter wasn't there before the deadites just want to fuck with the living people. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. Henrietta coming out of her grave isn't going to get mean shit to any of the guys who were in the first movie, but it's going to fuck with her. Um, and that's the whole point. Like that's what they want. Right. Um, and yeah, so I just, I love this. There's this great behind the scenes shot of uh, Ted in the Henrietta outfit, Ted Raimi, who plays Henrietta in this. Um, and Sam is like, having him pop out of the out of the cellar and say something sweet and then say something horrible. <laughs> and so she's he's just feeding him lines and he's getting take after take after take. And so he'll just be like, um now say like I was once a sweet little girl who loved tea and crumpets. <laughs> and he's like and then she will pop up, I was once a sweet little girl who loved tea and crumpets. <laughs> and then he'd pop back down. And he's like, now say this and he'd just pop up yeah. again and do a, a different line. Oh it's the best. That I was like, great. God, just I, I love how game everybody was in this in this movie. <laughs> Especially poor Ted, who is just like traumatized by all this makeup and oh yeah, and mask. But he and... talks about it. He was like, "I was twenty. You yeah. can do anything to me. I'll bounce back. It's not a big deal. Whatever." <laughs> yeah, man. I watched that Love documentary it. too, and there's the scene where they're showing them removing the um, the Henry oh, costume yeah. from him, and they remove the feet, and they just like pour sweat out of the feet. Oh yeah, it's repulsive. <laughs> oh. Oh man! Awful, brutal. Making movies, making uh, movies. <laughs> one of the one of the few scenes of pure horror is when, like, yeah, like the, the dead eyes just want to fuck with you. They want to hit you where it hurts. So, like, you have the mom like singing nursery rhymes to Annie to try and get her. Like, that's not my mother. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's great, oh, man. Oh, Twisted. God. And it's kind of the moment so where good. Annie kind of starts to elevate herself above the other supporting cast. Right. Where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. she has her wits about her more than the others. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, then like the title, Dead by Dawn, the part where they all start chanting Dead by Dawn. Yeah. That's that's like still scares my wife. Dead by Dawn. And then also she can't really be in the room when they're doing a, I'll swallow you soul. So I like do it. Do it <laughs> yeah. Do it terrible. Great. And tell her yeah. to swallow her soul. <laughs> um, and then you do. I also love <laughs> someone's in my fruit cellar. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, we get like we learn about the pages from the book and how like that's what they need to like end the bad stuff from happening. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um and then we touched on we 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 hinted at like how this scene came to be in the in, in last week's episode but uh this is when we get bobby joe runs out and she's like fuck this i'm going out and then uh she gets attacked by the tree in uh, mm-hmm. a kind of a, a a remake of the infamous scene from the first movie but only this time the tree has like a face mm-hmm. and right. uh but scott you you said this was like producer mandated or studio mandated oh no 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 that's in the remake the remake the the producer the producer mandated one is in the remake no this is just i'm gonna do the tree thing again but this time i'm not gonna make it like sexual i'm just gonna have the trees attacker you know Um, the best which they shot the whole thing in reverse they like put the vines in and then pulled them out and yeah that's a creepy effect when you see them like going into her face i love that yeah that's a really good Mm, yeah it's good Good it's stuff. uh yeah it's somewhat success you know yeah it's it's still like the imagery is still there of like the invasive like it goes into her mouth and like it wraps around her mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. is it's like it's it is yeah it's scaled down and then like it's yeah like, the brutality of like man the effect of like when she goes into the tree and like you don't even need to see anything but just like the velocity and then like the the frame shattering of like the book pages i yeah. think it's more effective than in the first one from like a scary perspective, because in the first movie, it's just like, Oh, oh God, you know, yeah. it's, like it's the, almost yeah. just like, I can't believe they did that. Whereas like, this yeah. is like, it's just, it doesn't have that like hanging over it. It's just, it doesn't scary. have that ickiness. Yeah. 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 Cause can we talked about this? Um, I'm sure. Last <laughs> one with, our, with our, with our guest Anya, but um, the, the, the idea that like that scene only exists in that first movie because Sam saw every movie at his local like drive in mm-hmm. grindhouse theater the house of the and just wrote notes about what the audience was reacting right. to. And at that time you had all of those rape revenge movies. And so he was like, Oh, I guess this is what audiences want. Mm-hmm. And so wrote it into the evil dead, despite the fact that like, no, it's not what anybody wants. Yeah. The thing that people like about that is the revenge part, not the part that comes <laughs> yeah, before the revenge. Exactly. Um, and But, you know, it it, he's it a dumb is. 19-year-old kid yeah. in, you know, 1978 or whatever. So. Uh, speaking of dumb people, uh, <laughs> what was his name? J- J- Jake. 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 Jake uh, t- oh, my God. This got a laugh out of me, and I don't know why, but he, he takes the pages, and he's like, I'm in charge now. He has a shotgun. <laughs> and he takes the pages, and he throws them down the 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 cellar and it makes a crashing noise like it's a solid 
<laughs> That's pretty brilliant. <laughs> and not a, a bunch of paper. Yeah. Ha, have we, we've already gotten to, to, we already got to the eyeball thing, right? With no, the, that, that was uh, eyeball. Yeah. I think we, I think we, we missed that part, but that's, yeah. we, we skipped over that. So we got, so my, one of the most like, I, 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 to this oh, wait, day, no, no, I don't it. know. Yeah, we go. We're good. We're on yeah. To this day. Okay. To this day, I don't know if I love it or, or hate it to this day is the monkey noises that Henrietta makes when mm-hmm. it's a demon. Yeah. And it's just like, they don't even try to hide the fact that it's ape noises, ape yeah. sounds. And it's just like ape screaming. Right. Um, I, I, I'm like, it's so ridiculous. Part of me loves it, but I'm also just like, you couldn't mix it with anything else because it's just, a mo- it's just monkeys. Yeah. And also because know. they mix so much other sound with like voices of people. Like they were saying like that the, uh, just the rocking chair is the sound of a rocking chair, but also Sam Raimi making noises with his mouth. Like, so he could have done something. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I guess yeah. it, to me, I, I don't know. I, I never, I, that's the first time I've heard that it, that it's monkey noises. I just get lost in the oh. cacophony of what's yeah. happening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's nothing so satisfying when, when Ash is like hopping on the cellar door and it's like smushing the deadite's face. And that's like what yeah. makes the, the eye pop out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right oh, into man. Bobby Joe's mouth. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good That's stuff. Good. That that got a good reaction in the in the theater too. Yeah, uh, totally. People people love that eyeball. That's um, Ash becomes a deadite <laughs> again. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love his deadite makeup. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only it's the only uh, deadite makeup I think that looks reminiscent of the first film. Like it makes me think about the first film more. Because mm. um, this one, because like Evil Ed. He's like, it reminds me of um, the transition of the Gremlins and the first Gremlins to Gremlins 2 when Stan Winston Studios took over. And they all have distinct personalities and looks and they're, they're, it's, they're kind of cuddlier. Much, yeah, it's much different than what the Gremlins look like in the first one. And that's kind of how I feel about the Deadites in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, is like they all have very distinctive like looks and personalities and things, which is good. They're doing their job. But like, you know, it, it takes away a little bit of the... Um, the sort of like DIY spirit of that first movie. Yeah. Um, but, but Ash's look I think is iconic. It's really, it's really good. I like evil Ed though. Evil Ed's pretty cool. His, his head turns it's all cool. the way around, which I love. And <laughs> that's the, true. Two that's sets true. of teeth. Not good. Yeah. Can't um, be two sets. Mo- more than two yeah, sets. Yeah, you're right. Got, yeah. There's a lot. Of yeah. Teeth. He's got like five sets. Yeah. yeah R- Richard Domier, um, he got the part because he could raise his eyebrows higher than anyone who auditioned. Um, and when he, uh, when he got, when he got in to the, the, to the makeup, they were like, okay, so before we put all the prosthetics on you, you got to put the mouthpiece in, um, so that we can build the prosthetics around it. And you don't like mess with the prosthetics when you open your mouth and they're like, oh, he's like, uh, okay. They put it in and he's like, I can't close my mouth. I can't close my mouth. And they're like, yeah, we know. (laughs) (laughs) They are absolutely And then that was it. He he had his mouth open the entire time, could not close his mouth, and would just drool everywhere. And Sam Raimi loved it. He was like, "This looks great." Like, well, look at that drool, and it's like it's his real drool. He can't close his mouth, but that's so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like had dental work done, and my mouth was open for like maybe a half hour, and it was terribly painful. <laughs> yeah, just being just yeah, having the jaw open that long. I could only imagine. Yeah, this is probably for a day. Absolutely. Poor, uh, poor Ed. 
Evil Ed. <laughs> QVC Ed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jake dies like three times in like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. True. I, sure does. And what finally kills him. I think he might have like the craziest death where he gets dragged into the cellar and you just see him get like eaten and then just like a torrent of blood just hits Annie. Yeah. yeah. That's great stuff. They rigged up blood improperly the first time. He's in a, um, uh, like a, uh, what, like a trapeze mm-hmm. under there, um, like holding him in place. And they rigged the blood incorrectly. And it, it the first time, it's like 55 gallons of fake blood. And the first time it went off, it shot directly into the door and then right back into him. And he was like, I got sprayed in the face with 55 gallons of blood at full blast within like he, he was like it was like 10 seconds so like 55 gallons in 10 seconds just yeah. blasted me in the face he's like i almost drowned yeah dude, and then totally. we and then we had to do it again because it didn't look good <laughs> crazy oh my and, gosh that and is, they loved the yeah. shoot <laughs> yeah yeah they all love the Great shoot time yeah <laughs> uh so at this point it is now only ash and annie alive they right. uh, return to the shed and we get the like Magna Carta of like gearing up montages. Oh boy. <laughs> I can't tell if that's good or bad. Oh no. I mean, it's just, it's, it's overwhelmingly yeah. good. It's, it's like, I, I don't even know what to say about <laughs> yeah. the, the absolute stunning brilliance of this. Yeah, like, so did they know what they were doing? Like, did they know they were about to create one of the most iconic characters in horror fiction. I, I don't think so. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I thought about, I thought about that because like, I don't even know. Cause you know, as a kid, you walk past the blockbuster, you see the army of darkness poster, you mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like Chucky. I knew what Chucky was before I saw child's play. And so right. I think I knew that Ash was the guy with a chainsaw for a hand. And right. So I don't know what it's like to be in a movie theater or at a sleepover and not know that this dude's about to like rig a chainsaw to his hand stump and what that would feel like. Oh God. I, I, I remember. Oh, cool. Um, I remember watching this cause I, I, I told the story last time that I, I watched this with my dad for the first time. I didn't see the first evil dead for years because my dad wanted me to see army of darkness, but he's like, but to watch army of darkness, you have to watch evil dead too. Um, and so yeah. we watch Evil Dead 2, and he didn't tell me anything about Chainsaw for the Arm or anything like that. And so when that happens and he revs up that chainsaw and he's got it attached to his arm, I was I remember being like, I was probably like 10 maybe or 11, something like that. And I just remember like both of my hands going to my face and just being like, <laughs> what? Like just, just, there's just like overwhelmed, like what what is about to go down right now yeah. and i'll be honest the i the concept of what he's become is way more cool than like the result like you imagine like they're just going to get like a horde of deadites are going to attack the cabin he's going to take them all out with the chainsaw right but like that never really happens mm-hmm. um it's but just the idea of like what am i about to see and i think it's it's what made him such a good choice to direct Spider-Man because he knows what an audience is going to be like. That is unbelievably cool. Yeah. What I'm watching right now. Like, Oh yeah. my God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so I, 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 I'm just, I'm 
just I, I don't even know where that comes from. I just I love that the idea of like, oh, and then he puts the chainsaw on his arm. And just coming up with that in a in an a closed office while also coming up with all this other right. like maniacal ideas. And that's just one of a thousand ideas they were throwing around in that room. And it's just we get ash as a result. Yep. The guy with the chainsaw for an arm. Um crazy. Saws crazy off the shotgun. Right. Yeah. Oh. It back. Oh, it's groovy. Groovy. The whole thing. thing. It's and just you... incredible. I get chills. Yeah. And yeah. then Scott, you said like, you know, this is when this is kind of like when Ash becomes like, you know, the coolest horror character of all time or like, you know, yep. really becomes Ash. And I think it's because for two movies now, presumably we've seen this guy just get his shit rocked or mm-hmm. even if it's even if you're just watching Dead by Dawn and you don't have the first movie in your head, it really mm-hmm. feels like, you know, this is his like Ripley moment or mm-hmm. his like Sarah Connor doing pull ups in jail, yeah. you know? <laughs> and it's like it feels earned i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think so too um but you're you're right though you it's interesting scott you said like it's cooler in your head than it looks in the movie would you agree with that pat um like the promise of like it your memory oh you mean what happens after mm-hmm. yes oh yeah i think I think you're expecting, like you said, it just to become overrun and he's just going to be picking dead eyes out of the air. Kind of like what happens on the TV show, to be honest. That's exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, please, please. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's not really what happens, but I, I don't think I ever balked at it. It's still incredibly yeah. satisfying, but in yes. retrospect, now that, now that we've seen the breadth that it can take, maybe it feels a little like a little dial back, but. I think it works. I mean, obviously and, it works. Yeah. It's great. And, and I think that, like you said, like this, that moment became such a, it burned into people's imagination, especially kids yeah. kind of in the way that like the Skynet war does when you watch Terminator, yeah. yep. it mm-hmm. kind of influenced the future of this franchise because mm-hmm. from like Ash versus evil dead to the video games, yeah. you have a generation of like, I want to see Ash clear a room of deadites with a chainsaw right. arm shotgunning yep. people you know yeah 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 I, I i love those evil dead video games just for that reason like going around collecting gasoline yeah chainsawing deadites <laughs> it's so fun one just came out right <laughs> yeah that one's not so good okay. um because it's not it's not a real video game it's like a multiplayer experience it's like Fortnite. Okay. um yeah not not as fun. Scott no Corelli, plot. Fortnite, not real gaming. You heard it here first. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'll stand by that. <laughs> um, so a lot is said about Groovy, and I, I don't want to take anything away from Groovy, but if I may present to the to the conversation, uh, <laughs> swallow this. Yeah, pretty. That's good. an all timer. Yeah, all timer. All timer. All timer. Swallow this is like the antithesis of all the things I was saying before, where it's like, these are just kind of lines, you know, and they're and they're delivered. Swallow this is a masterpiece. It's masterful. Yeah. And yeah. also delivered beautifully, but it's also meant to be a huge catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yeah, man, what a what a what a creature. Like when I think of Evil Dead 2, I always yeah. think of just Bruce Campbell tossing himself around a room and I forget what incredible creature work is in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the, also the worth neck. noting that like, yeah, the 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 groovy and the and the swallow this those elements are all what what drives us into the ash that's an army of darkness and also 
the ver- the iconic version of this character that then begets things like Duke Nukem, mm-hmm. you know, um, sure. which is literally just Bruce Campbell dialogue, like ripped into a video game. Like that's what they do. Like Duke Nukem says groovy when he picks up new weapons and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and so I just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy that there's only three of these for how much of a, of a, of a, like influence, a legacy yeah. they have. Yeah. Yeah. And an influence, you know, the fact that there's only three of these is kind of mind boggling. Right. I agree. And the show, uh, but prior to, but prior to the show, yeah. which is more recent. I feel like the show is a, is an extension of the legacy and the influence more so than, you know, part. Cause I just, you know, these three movies came out so long ago. Yes, exactly. The show yeah, follows right. what, like 20 years later after the fact. Yeah. It's, it's basically a legacy sequel. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm also a huge fan. I totally, I forget about him every time, but the, the creature that comes smashing into the cabin. Great. Oh yeah. The tree creature, the tree creature, tree, tree demon. Yeah. yeah. It's very right, cool. Yeah. I also forget about. I also think that it's the end of the movie, and then all of a sudden, the tree creature smashes through. Just great. Yeah. Um, and you know, shout out to Annie. Like, yep, she doesn't stop. She manages to say that, and that's another Sam Raimi knowing an audience, like the back of his hand, of like, I'm really gonna milk it, and she's gonna have just enough strength to just say that one yeah. word with her last dying breath. You know, mm-hmm. you did it, kid. <laughs> the thing that I uh, oh one one thing that we I don't think we talked about was the fact that Annie stabs Jake in the chest with the knife yeah. with the dagger yes. thing mistakenly mistakenly yeah. um Mis- that's ah. uh, <laughs> fabulous got him um the thing that I like about the tree demon at the end of this is I don't know that it quite plays if you just watch Evil Dead two. But the fact that, like, starting with Evil Dead and the POV shots all coming from the forest and, like, the demon, whatever. And when she says, we've only told said the part of the spell that makes the demonic presence, turns it physical. Flesh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the the cabin gets attacked by the literal woods. Yeah. It's so satisfying across both films. I don't know that it's quite as satisfying if you just watch the second one, but across both, it really does feel like a culmination of everything that's happened yeah. out in those woods. Totally. Um, is like, it's felt like the woods were attacking these people this whole time. And now they're literally yeah. getting attacked by <laughs> the woods. like a woods demon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's uh, really cool. It's great. Great stuff all around. And, and then, you know, the hint that I think that this movie, I can't imagine, you know, watching this for the first time and like when the portal opens mm-hmm. and you see the classic get sucked in. Yeah. Monster you... Squad ending. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, whoa, wait, wait, you can't go back from that. What's how is this movie going to end? And, you know, then Ash goes through the portal. And mm-hmm. yeah, it we ends, get it's an all timer. Yeah, we get yeah. yeah the you know the debut of the Army of Darkness world. Yep, mm-hmm. and the uh, the uh, Sam Raimi cameo. Um, oh, who is there? He? He's the, the he's the knight being like, "This is the guy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, he's that. He's he's that Sam. <laughs> it's like it, the audacity of it too. It's like you don't know that you're going to make another one of these. So mm-hmm. this is the end, ostensibly at that moment. That. That's the end of of the of the whole lore, mm-hmm. right? 
And that's so ballsy. But, I love that. And yeah. but and I also love it because Sam is like, okay, I don't want to <laughs> do another one of these. But if I'm going to do another one of these, I want to do it on my terms. Yeah. So we're gonna set this up so it's totally different. Yeah. Um and and not for nothing, but Medieval Dead is like one of the all timer best titles for yeah. something. Um, that never gets used because you know we obviously the movie ends up being Army of Darkness. Don't talk about but, it. But um, yeah, yeah. But God damn it, Medieval Dead is such a good title. Yeah, it's, it's sad that it's not called that. Yeah, yes. I'm excited to find out why. Yeah, um, I mean it's not an interesting okay. story, honestly. So <laughs> yeah, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get oh. there next week. Cliffhanger. You know, um, definitely, yeah. and it is like a great, like kind of Twilight Zone ending taken on its own merit. Mm-hmm. And I think Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. really sells, you know, his oh, his my God. mournful, like, you know, yeah. no. Oh, that's my favorite stuff yeah. when he does. And oh. and the fact that, like, the and we'll, we'll talk about this in more detail next week. But the fact that, like, he then tries to do it again with Army of Darkness and it's universal. That's like, no, 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 no. We're not mm. doing this again. Uh, reshoot the ending. Um, and, and that that sucks. Uh, but that original, because I that original Army of Darkness ending is exactly the same as this. It's just like, oh no, more of this shit. <laughs> so good. It's the it's the best. So fun. Should have just <laughs> never stopped happening. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, but then without, and we'll talk about this. But without the theatrical ending, we might not get Ash versus Evil Dead. That's true. That is true. That is true. That is true. Um, but I I do prefer the OG ending. It's my ending. Has anyone ever tried like adapting that ending into like a comic? No, I don't think so. Ash Unlimited. Surprising. Yeah. Yeah. That's Very surprising. surprising. I feel like there would be a, a definitely an audience for something like that. This is like one of the most rabid, I think, audiences there is in horror. Yeah. 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 They love someone does like things. a six issue series, which is like Ash and like some like Blade Runner Deadite. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I could get into that. Yeah, I'd love oh, it, man. Let's do it. So good. <laughs> Let's pitch it. Anyway, uh, well, Pat, More thank you so much for being on the show. Oh man, it was my pleasure. I can never get enough talking about these these movies. I love horror movies. I love all movies, but especially these mm-hmm. horror movies. These silly, fun horror movies. Any uh, any yeah. closing thoughts on Evil Dead Two? Um, it's a classic, man. It's like one of the great. You know, there's like. Movies, horror, obviously the 80s are this like vaunted time. People like point to as like the, the greatest time for horror movies. I don't know if that's true, but it certainly there's, was. There were more three, of them. There, <laughs> there's three like four hour documentaries. Right. I know. About, I know. I've about seen, horror in the 80s. I've I mean, them. it's just nuts. You yeah. know, and there's so many reasons for that. VHS, boom, all of that kind of stuff. That's like a right. huge one. Theaters. and, But um I, there, there's like a very distinct difference in a lot of ways between like horror movies that were made in the eighties. Like a lot of, you'll see lists like best horror eighties horror movies. And a lot of times like the shining is number one on that list. And I'm like, that's not an eighties horror movie. That's a horror movie that was made in 1980, but there's mm-hmm. a certain just joyful abandon about eight that I consider an eighties horror movie. And evil dead yeah. two is like, I don't know that there's a better one personally. Um, I'd hear arguments for uh, Return of the Living Dead, maybe, or Fright Night, but I don't know. I think Evil Dead 2 stands up against pretty much any of the greatest 80s horror movies, which is, you know, maybe the best time that they ever had. So 
Is it the greatest song? I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> it's it very, it's, it's just tremendous. It's the ultimate. It's got all of the things you want. Yeah. And none of the things yeah. you don't. <laughs> and it's 84 minutes long. It's it, And that's part of it. Come on. Oh, oh man. Give it to me. Do you think that because as these movies go on, and especially in the TV show, Ash kind of turns into like a doofus. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like his thing. But I sometimes feel like that they leaned into that harder when they sort of even Raimi and the people who sort of like made these movies leaned into the idea that he did go back to the cabin a second time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that he, that you know what I mean? Character would think, yeah, <laughs> like he doesn't. But I think there's part of Bruce Campbell that approaches this character as if he went back to the cabin a second time. Yeah, yeah, and it's okay. I don't mind that. Yeah, like yeah. I don't want to compare him to Jack Sparrow because I don't think Bruce Campbell ever gets that checked out. Mm-hmm. But no, it they it is kind of this like oh he's kind of a bumbling dummy and right, right. It, it kind of gets yeah. more pointed with each installment. I think I think the thing that they they started to use for Ash as an excuse for like how he's always getting out of these situations is that he's not overthinking anything because he right. only has half a brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like that's what he's he's flying by the seat of his pants and he's capable of doing that because he's a dumb dumb. He's yeah. a big old dumb dumb. Mm-hmm. Big old himbo dumb dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it is the thing he was put on this planet for it was to kill deadites. He's very yes. good at it. Yes. <laughs> he found his yes. calling. Yeah. It's his it's gift great. and his curse. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Oh, man. One of these days I will edit together that super cut. Yeah, do it. Um, I want to do it. Because I, I just want to see how it plays. <laughs> I think so. It'll be fun. Yeah. Well, but, thank uh, you. Guys. Anyway. This was a blast. Yeah. I love this. Thank you so much. Show's great happy it's an honor to be on thank you so much oh, thank you pat um where, where can people hear more of you oh i have a podcast it's called it's about the television show degrassi the next generation i'll be doing it until <laughs> i'm dead because there are like 500 episodes of this goddamn show um called the degrassi every episode ever marathon podcast if you like the show <laughs> if you don't watch degrassi we spend like 40 minutes talking about things that have nothing to do with degrassi so you can enjoy it on that <laughs> level as well that's great. Love yeah, the there we go. Yes. Thank uh, you. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so, I'm at Pat D says on Twitter, P A T D S E Z and Instagram. And that's the whole thing. All right. Well, uh, thanks for being on once again. And, yeah, uh, you. all of you listening, go check out our Patreon, duelinggenre.com slash support. Um, where, uh, you know, at the end of this, uh, we're going to be covering, uh, something, uh, on on franchise potential, um, I don't think we've totally decided. We're lean. I think I'm I'm leaning toward Bubba Hotep, mm-hmm. but uh, as as our franchise potential. Um, but uh, I haven't seen that movie in a while. Um, they were gonna make a whole fun. like like franchise, like, like Bubba Reagan. Yeah, yeah, like- yeah. It literally was supposed to be a, a franchise. Um, that never never happened. So uh, yeah, so we might. We, I think we're gonna talk about Bubba Hotep um, over on the Patreon. So uh, check that out. Duelinggenre.com slash support. Um, and uh, we appreciate everyone who does that. It uh, really keeps the lights on, keeps everything going. Uh, you can join in the discussion over the discord. There's a link in the show notes to this episode where you can join the discord and talk with us directly, uh, along with other listeners 
of the show. Um, lots of really good, fun discussions happening there. It's a really great community, really positive. There's no assholes. We have a strict no assholes rule. And so far, no one has broken that rule. So pretty, pretty nice. Um, so check that out. Uh, and we will be back next week to talk about uh, Medieval Dead, a.k.a. Army of Darkness. Bye, everybody. Bye.